0: Hey everybody, this is Matthew Soltysiak and you're listening to Not the Same Old Lions Podcast. Using my sportscasting background, I speak with a variety of guests and interview key players to gain more insight on what makes this team go. As the Detroit Lions enter a new gritty era, we'll look beyond just the kneecaps when it comes to the analysis. Welcome to another episode. Today, we're going to look at where the Lions stand one week into free agency. We'll look back at the resignings, the new additions, the players lost and players yet to decide. We're also going to discuss whether the Lions might be making some more moves before the NFL draft. The first wave of free agency is blown through, and that's when we see the mad scramble to get players with the bigger names who might make the bigger contracts all get gobbled up by your team before other teams get to them. And again, that's when most of those big money contracts are handed out, is during these first few days. There was a debate about what the Lions would do. Most thought that they would go small, do these prove-it deals for one-year, two-year deals, and not make a big splash. I think they landed somewhere in between, somewhere in the middle though I would argue there's a couple of decent-sized signings that took place. So let's start with them addressing their biggest need. The Detroit Lions added defensive backs Cam Sutton from Pittsburgh and Emmanuel Mosley from the 49ers. Mosley's on a one-year deal. Sutton's on a three-year deal. I love these signings. Sutton becomes our number one defensive back. He uh, immediately upgrades our defensive secondary. You bring in Emmanuel Mosley, and he's on a one-year deal coming back from an injury. He's played very well when healthy, but he has been injured. So he's going to be competing for a starting position. Now, you still have Jeff Okuda and Jerry Jacobs under contract, and Will Harris re-signed as well, so he's coming back. All in all, the defensive secondary looks significantly upgraded when talking about our defensive backs. I still see the Detroit Lions using a draft pick here, though. I think you need to bring in somebody else young. I don't know if it'll be a first-round draft pick or not at this point. could be a second round. Uh, I do expect someone early. It's supposed to be a pretty deep draft class. We'll get more to that later. But the initial thing done is the Lions got stronger at where they were the weakest, and that was defensive back. This takes off the stress from the draft. It also takes off a little bit of pressure right now. It allows you to open things up and look at, Who else you might want to draft? Look at the best player available, not your most important position need. Staying in the secondary, safety Deshaun Elliott has left the building. He went and signed a one-year deal elsewhere. So the Lions, they're going to need some depth here. You got Kirby Joseph, who's entering his second year, coming back, and Tracy Walker, who's coming back from an injury. So we've got both of them coming back. I don't know how much depth we have behind them at safety. And Tracy Walker, while he was playing great and he had a great new contract because of how he was the year before – You never know how someone's going to fully be when they come back from injury, right? Now, we've seen some videos on social media. He's looking ahead of schedule. He's looking great, and I hope that is the case. Even if that is the case for both of them, we saw what happened when Tracy Walker went down last year. (laughs) Fortunately, Kirby Joseph was able to step up and and progress quite a bit, so you're going to need to have at least one more, if not two more guys there. I would not rule out the Lions signing a free agent at safety sometime in the next week or two before the draft and then potentially adding somebody in the draft. I recorded this a little earlier in the day on Sunday, then news broke late Sunday night as it pertains to this position. So I'm adding in a segment here with more information about the secondary. The Detroit Lions just upgraded this position. And when I say upgraded, they upgraded big. They added C.J. Gardner-Johnson to the defensive secondary, the safety from the Philadelphia Eagles. Pro Football Talk listed him as the top free agent safety this offseason, ahead of Jesse Bates from Cincinnati. They also listed him as a top nine player overall for free agents this year. At 25 years old, he joins the Lions on a one-year contract worth up to $8 million. This is big. Especially when you consider Jesse Bates from Cincinnati did a four-year, $64 million deal. So even though it's only for one year, the price for C.J. Gardner-Johnson is about half that. Now, watching C.J. play during the Super Bowl, I kept thinking, man, it would be amazing to have him on the Lions. But I was thinking, you know, it might not be the right fit as we really need to upgrade the defensive back position more than the safety position. But we have done both this offseason. For the Lions, CJ is now your top safety. You have Kirby Joseph, and you've got Tracy Walker back there as well. So now there's less stress and pressure on Walker returning quickly, even if he does. CJ is such a physical safety, adding him to the Cam Sutton signing, and now our secondary suddenly looks like a strength instead of a weakness. This is a huge move by the Detroit Lions which also means I amend my earlier comments about making a small splash in free agency. The Detroit Lions have made multiple splashes in free agency, smart ones at that, and you are seeing a ripple effect along the water. Buckle up, folks, because things are getting exciting in the Motor City again. Now remember, the rest of this podcast has great information looking at different moves the Lions have made during free agency and how that could affect them going forward. Moving forward to the linebacking core. The Lions made one big signing at linebacker, and that's Alex Anzaloni. perhaps the most divisive Detroit Lions player since Jared Goff. And Jared Goff is obviously still on the team. But these are the two guys that I feel a lot of fans like and a lot of fans not quite so sold on, right? Anceloni was brought back on a three-year, $18 million deal and a lot of people were hoping we would put an improvement over Anzalone, that we would let him go and sign somebody else. Well, we've seen some guys get signed for a good amount of money. It's my understanding that in addition to what he's done on the field, he's helped bring Malcolm Rodriguez along and helped him actually improve at a more quicker pace than he might have. So so that that is important. Obviously, you don't pay someone just for that. You need to see what they can do on the field. And if you look at what Alex Anzalone has done on the field, he's gotten better in each of his years as a Detroit Lion. And so you have to ask yourself, are you in the camp that thinks Alex Anzalone, what we saw last year is the best he'll ever be? Or do you think maybe, maybe there's another level we haven't quite seen yet? It's not like he's 32 years old, right? He's still right in the prime of his career. There is an opportunity for him to get better. And we know when you put better people around somebody, they can get better as well because then they're not picking up stuff or trying to do things to make up for other teams or other players' shortcomings. So as I said earlier before, I'm going to preach a little patience on the Alex Anzalone thing. I actually think it was great that the Lions brought him back and the fact that we're not weaker at linebacker than we were before. We're, we're, we're right where we were. I mean, we, we did lose some depth. Uh, linebacker Chris Board, he was more of a special teams player, but he has gone and signed with somebody else. So what do I like to see from the Lions here? Draft somebody. I would like to see somebody drafted in maybe the second or third round. Somebody who's going to push Anzalone and Rodriguez. Now, the Lions only rolled out two linebackers most of the time as they played a lot of nickel formation last year. And I don't know if that was, again, intentional based on the personnel that we have Or if that was more of a scheme system because the NFL has become so pass happy that they felt better rolling with guys in coverage versus stopping the running game. So it'll be interesting to see which way this one goes. Uh, I do like them drafting somebody, though, especially round two or three. Get somebody who could compete for a starting position and or if not, is that very first person off your bench. So if we move all the way up to the front line, we've got the defensive line. The two big signings for the Lions were re-signing their own players, Isaiah Bugs and John Kaminsky. I think most people had their eyes on Kaminsky. They wanted him in there because they saw how much of a difference maker he was. You know, the Lions apparently were nine and three when he played and 0 and five when he didn't play. Talk about a difference maker, right? John Kaminsky, the Lions team played, their defense played much better when he was on the field, even when he had a club on his hand. So the defense has a solid foundation that we saw getting better as the season went on. And as much as people were excited about Kaminsky, I hope you were not overlooking the Isaiah Bugs signing. Because the defensive tackle position right there in the middle of that line, that is really important. Isaiah Bugs played a huge role last year. Now, is he going to be the main starter there? Don't know about that one. He might be in a rotation. Either way, we needed him there. I also think that takes off some pressure from the draft. Because if you go into the draft and you haven't upgraded at all and you've, in addition to that, gotten worse at that position then everyone knows you're drafting a defensive tackle, and it might cause you to reach for one earlier than later. The Lions still need more talent on the defensive side, inside especially, because we got some question marks coming back. I think adding a player early in the draft um, is something they could do, and they probably should do, and that should probably be a first or a second round pick. Now, if we jump over to the other side of the line, jumping over to the offense— The Lions signed Graham Glasgow, a name many people should be familiar with because he is a former U of M football player, and he was drafted by the Detroit Lions. He was kind of let go out of town by a previous regime, and he went and got a really good contract in Denver. I think Bronco fans might think he didn't quite live up to that contract because it was a nice one. He had some injuries, and and that brought a mixed bag of results there. But also, if you look at last year's team with the Broncos, everything was a mixed bag in Denver. So the Lions are signing him to a one-year deal, and that's a really important signing because Evan Brown, who was our main backup for Haloti Vitae, Evan Brown's gone. He's heading out to Seattle. And we don't know what's going to go on with Vita. We don't know about his health and availability going into next year yet. He could be back with the team and be the starter. He might not be on the team at all, or it could be somewhere in the middle. Having Graham Glasgow for at least a one-year contract adds some stability right now. Now, I do think the Lions are going to draft an offensive lineman in the first three rounds of this year's draft. That's what I'm feeling very confident on. I think you need to add more talent as in you need to continue to add people to it. Do I think they're talented enough? For sure. But we saw how many injuries we had there last year. So you want to continue to bring talent into the room. I'm not saying the talent needs to be better than what we have in the room. We already have immense talent there. I'm just saying you want to keep adding talent to it. So right behind the offensive line, we've got, well, kind of right behind, we've got the running back position. The Detroit Lions made two signings here. The first one was bringing back Craig Reynolds on a one-year deal bring some more depth to the position uh, behind DeAndre Swift. I I think that's a solid signing. Uh, Craig Brown's a hard worker. We saw what he could do at times when healthy, and I, I like having him back. The other big signing resulted in a losing, right? We brought in David Montgomery. We said goodbye to Jamal Williams. There's a lot going on here, a lot to unpack from this one. I'm, I'm not of the opinion that Jamal Williams was not good enough and we needed somebody better. That was not my opinion going in. Going into the offseason, I thought about this, and I thought I would like to bring Jamal Williams back. I, I thought he did a great job, and I was hoping we would bring him back and, asterisk here, draft somebody as well. And, and even with this new signing, I'm still on that same board of we should draft somebody. Why is Jamal Williams gone There's a variety of things out there, whether it was the contract wasn't what he wanted or the Lions offered him something and he shopped it against other teams. We might not ever know the right answer. I will simply say it is with mixed emotions that Jamal Williams is gone. Greatly appreciated him as a leader, as an emotional leader leader on that team, uh, his physical work ethic, and just everything he brought to the Detroit Lions, he embodied it. And the Lions might have been in a position, again, first week of free agency, you've got to get somebody before there isn't somebody. And if the negotiations with Jamal weren't going somewhere quick enough, they might have been worried they weren't going to get somebody. Because I'll be honest, my biggest fear is we would not have Jamal Williams, nor would we get David Montgomery. Because if we didn't get either of those guys, you could go for a guy like Miles Sanders, who got paid quite a bit by Carolina, or a handful of other people who I actually consider to be downgrades from Williams and Montgomery. When looking at the free agent options, Jamal Williams and David Montgomery were the two guys I wanted the most with the Lions. The fact that we got one of them, I am thrilled about. Now, Montgomery is going to bring some great things to this offense, You know, Jamal Williams had that touchdown record, 17 touchdowns. Jamal Williams could get one to two yards in a way that a lot of other people don't get. He ran really hard. And will David Montgomery do that? I don't know that he'll do that as well as Jamal. I do think from their history, though, when Jamal would get three or four, there's a chance that David Montgomery might turn that into seven or eight. David Montgomery is really good at breaking tackles. He's a very physical runner. In addition to that, David Montgomery is much more adept as a receiving back as well. Now, with the Lions, you've you got, you got DeAndre Swift. And you're thinking, well, we've got a receiving back. That is true. But if you can have either DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery back there, and they can both run, and they can both catch, well, that limits what the defense can do a little bit. Right. They can't say, oh, this is more like a a passing situation or this is more like a running situation. So I love the addition of David Montgomery. I actually think our running back room is upgraded by this signing. And that's not throwing any shade at Jamal Williams. I just I've seen something out of David Montgomery since he came into this league. I've often thought that the Chicago Bears did not use him the right way. Last year, it didn't really matter how anybody was used with that running game in Chicago because that offensive line had a lot of issues in Chicago. The Bears like the rookie that they have in Khalil Herbert, and he looks like a great one. So now we have Jamal Williams heading off to New Orleans Saints. In comes David Montgomery. He is paired with DeAndre Swift. Remember, DeAndre Swift is in the final year of his contract. The Lions are not trading him. I don't know... I don't know why others have suggested this or thought this. You wouldn't be able to get anything for him. He's in his final year. He's going to be extremely motivated and hardworking. I'm glad we have him back. I would not want to let him go at this point. Will he get a new deal from the Lions the following year? I don't know. Right now, right now, signs say not likely. But that's that's another question for another day, much further down the road. So right now, the Lions have David Montgomery, who's two years younger than Jamal Williams. He's under contract for three years. Two guaranteed. The third one's kind of like an option. You have DeAndre Swift, who's under contract for one more year. You've got Craig Reynolds in there. This is where the Lions should draft a running back as well. Bring in a rookie. It's a deep running back draft class. I would grab somebody in the second or third round if I'm the Detroit Lions with a running back. Would not use one on the first round for this. Having David Montgomery means you don't need to. But the second or third round, grab the second, third, fourth, fifth best running back off the off the draft board and add to that. That will give stability going forward, and it will also prepare you more for the future. So now let's move over to special teams. C.J. Moore is coming back. We signed him back, and that's big. Michael Badgley's coming back as well, the kicker. These are both big signings to me because C.J. Moore is a great special teams player. And he helped run one of the best fake punts we had. Now, with our punter, we are great at fake punts because he's played some quarterback in his life. But also, having C.J. Moore there as well, it gives us two different dimensions on the fake punt. I'm not saying we have to do tons of fake punts. I'm just liking the fact that we have that in our arsenal. If teams know we can do it, they have to defend it. And then that can affect their return game. So I like the C.J. Moore thing coming back. It's a really good signing. As far as Michael Badgley, we needed to bring him back. right? We signed him. I also would like to see them bring a rookie in, though, to compete with him. Badgley studied the ship. It's better to go into the offseason having re-signed him and then potentially bring somebody in versus just bringing in a couple rookies. So I like the Badgley siding. I, I'm not really having a strong opinion on which rookie we should bring in. If we're going to draft somebody, it's going to be in the sixth or seventh round. Probably an undrafted free agent is what we're going to do. So there's, there's kind of the recap on that, uh, on the moves we have made. And I got to tell you, I am really excited because if the season started today, on paper, we are better than last year. But we are lacking some depth at some spots. And notably, safety would be probably one of those big ones. But going forward, let's look at DJ Shark, the wide receiver position. David Burkett of the Detroit free press says there's a chance he actually could come back to Detroit because he hasn't been signed yet. Now he visited Carolina and and a deal could be working out there. As I record this and we speak, there's a chance that maybe they're still working on something. Kansas city could be a great landing spot for him. I don't know what's going to happen with DJ shark. I would love to have him back as coach Angers And I talked about a week or two ago, we would love to have him back if it can be worked out at the right price backup quarterback, this position starting to make me a little nervous, right? We've let Nate Sudfeld go and that's fine, but there were about eight to 10 options out there that I liked. And I was originally like not concerned and thinking, all right, I don't even have a strong opinion of who to bring in. There's about eight to 10 guys I like out there, but now there's really only about two options left that make me feel comfortable or excited or good. And so as that starts to dwindle, I get a little bit more nervous. Uh, the two guys I'm thinking of are Teddy Bridgewater and Carson Wentz. Again, I'm looking at them as a backup option, right? And so I, I, would be, I would be happy with either one of those as our backup quarterback. Otherwise, if you don't have one of them, you're looking at somebody like Matt Ryan, Jeff Driscoll, and, and Mason Rudolph, amongst others, who kind of head into that category. The caveat to all this is general manager Brad Holmes has said they learned their lesson last year in this spot. So I've got to be calm since they've already acknowledged this problem from a year ago. But again, with the options dwindling, I can't help but feel a little bit nervous. My gut feeling tells me we're going to maybe get Mason Rudolph. That name was circulated a lot last year. And, and, you know, that's the one player I don't really want, not talent-wise, but... I, don't know, I still go back to that Pittsburgh game against Cleveland and the fight on the field and the allegations thrown out. And I'm like, is that a right culture fit? I guess that's my big concern. Is it the culture fit? So and you know what? That's only one incident in this person's whole career. So maybe there's a whole lot more to this individual and we can find that out. But Teddy Bridgewater, Carson, Wentz, If we took either of them as our backup. I would be happy with that. Of course, hoping we draft as well. Again, free agency is far from over. We had our big frenzy last week, but we know there's still holes that teams are trying to fill. There could be some trades out there. There could be some free agent signings. I'm sure there will be some this week. We'll see if the Lions make any of them. And we'll also keep an eye, like everyone else, on the Aaron Rodgers saga to see how that will play out and ultimately impact the Detroit Lions. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Please subscribe to Not The Same Old Lions Podcast to get alerts about new episodes. Also, Follow the show on Twitter at Matt Soltisiak. And until next time, stay gritty, my friends.